Welcome, this is Ian Clayton, speaking of Wisdom's Echo, a podcast by Origin Gate. Today I want to pick up where I left off last time in verse 36 of chapter 8 of Proverbs. But he that sins against me wrongs his own soul, and all that hate me love death. I don't know about you, but I, when I read some of these scriptures and I start to meditate around them for a period of time, a lot begins to open up and so much of it is is woven into the fabric of the relational connection that is required of us as a believer with the spirit of wisdom. Um, you know, but he that sins against me wrongs his own soul. I mean, what is, what is, I don't know if you've wondered this, but what is sinning against the spirit of wisdom? What actually is it? So if we look at the structure of, um, the way that the laws engage with humanity, we we see that there is um, sin and transgression. Transgression is when you break one of the laws. Sin is when you unknowingly in, um, break one of the laws. And so, of course, of the kingdom you, uh, where Christ revealed it, um, he very much went on the inside and said, actually, it's more about your heart. If I was to reflect on that here within this, so really... For me to sin against the spirit of wisdom really means that my heart has to consciously turn away to disregard any connection and actually say this is not real. That's one of the ways that we sin against the spirit of wisdom is by actually saying this is not real. It's not a reality. It's not part of Christianity where actually it's written in the word very, very clearly. He that sins against me wrongs his own soul. It doesn't say that. Um, you're going to go into eternal damnation. It's just saying that it says there that you wronged your own soul. It's fascinating, this issue of wronging your own soul, because what it does, wronging your soul actually shuts down the voice of your conscience inside of you, which is really a an, an inner, inner consciousness of the presence of Yahweh. And so if we sin against the spirit of wisdom, we begin to shut down our own soul and begin to disengage really from a potential relationship that could have a massive ramifications for you and I going forward as a believer. You know, so I, again, I, w- I just want to say something here. Perhaps there are many of you that are listening to this that have never heard anything like we've been talking about over the last eight, eight sessions, nine sessions I've been doing with you. I just want you to think about this and the main major focus for me on all of this is about relationship, not about the spirit Christian part of this, the mystical part of this, although there is so much of it involved in it. It's, it's a lot of it to me is really based around the necessity for you and I to build a relationship and to engage with our father through and with that process. Um, now the spirit of wisdom is one of the seven spirits of Yahweh and um, it's found in Isaiah 11, 1 to 3. But I just think that it's it's fascinating how how many people read this and, th- and still think that, it's, that wisdom is just part of a character function or part of the way we function when we have wisdom. This is not about having wisdom. This is about the relational connection with a being called the spirit of wisdom. And, you know, I, I'm just going to say this. Her name is not Lady Wisdom. Her name isn't um, Melling with Wisdom. Um, her name is called the, is the Spirit of Wisdom. And so I don't suggest that anyone gets flippant with the way that you relate with this being either. There seems to be a propensity within the body of Christ to think that we can 
be very flippant with those that are in government um, here within the structure of Yahweh's world. I mean, if you were flippant with a policeman um, who was having an engaged conversation with you, or you were flippant with a judge, or you were flippant with the president of your nation, I am sure that there would be consequences to your life. And yet we seem to think that there are no consequences. We can behave disrespectfully, dishonoringly, and actually not not treat with honor the measure of what is being, or really what is required of us. So he that sins against his, his own, so he that sins against me, um, wrongs his own soul, and all that hate me love death. I mean, what a statement from the Spirit of Wisdom. Now, I do know there are people in the body of Christ who hate what I'm teaching regarding the Spirit of Wisdom here. And it's because it confronts the lack of a relational union and connection with, in my opinion, the lack of a relational connection with all that is connected to our father's household. It's, it's, it would be really, really weird if, if you as a person, if, you're, if your family owned large estates and you had workers that were there and um, you as a son came home and you never said hello to your mother, to your brothers or sisters, to anyone who served inside the house, you completely ignored them, treated them like they were nothing and expected that the father would give you an inheritance. Um, within the household, he maybe he would, but let me tell you, let me just assure you, as a father, I would actually discipline my child. I would take them aside and have a talk to them regarding their attitude, their where they're at with regards to all that is part of the household. So you can't say that you belong to a household and not have part of that household and be a part of what's going on with it and part of the functionality of it in the spirit of wisdom. Well, actually, again, she is one of the seven spirits of Yahweh. Again, I'm going to say this that in Galatians, this is as he that is as a son is, even though a son, he is Lord of all, is under tutors and governors until his appointed time. And the tutors are the seven spirits of Yahweh that are around his throne. These are not seven flows of the Holy Spirit or seven colors of the rainbow of the Holy Spirit or seven expressions of the Holy Spirit. These are seven sentient beings that Yahweh has instigated through um, his establishment of his kingdom. So there is one through the sovereignty, the seven upon seven upon seven, and just the foundational lattice work of our father's house that becomes so, so important for us to engage with. And remember, this, this is dealing with all of the father's house, not just dealing with the, the father himself. The Father will, will, will want to teach us about our expressions and about our connections with the Father's house and, and, and everything that is related to it. And you've got to build relationships. And so the, this whole thing here is, is again, is, is establishing relationships. So let me pick it up. All that hate me love death. I don't know about you, but that word death there means the, the finishing of the life of a person on the face of the earth. So if I read this correctly, all that hate me love death. That means if I love her, I love life. And so they, they, that's amazing when you look at this, this round issue of love. You know, there's so many people that are going, we just got to love, we just got to love. That is awesome, wonderful, and an amazing aspect of Yahweh. But there are four faces to love. Love is the, um, I would describe it as the sovereignty of the Father expressing himself into a lattice work of four faces that are justice and judgment, grace and mercy. 
And if you have any one of those out of balance and you're not functioning with all four of those faces and you say there's just love, then actually what you have is a very lopsided, one-sided piece of a coin ignoring the other expressions that Yahweh wants to bring into creation to discipline, to do all the things that is necessary to mature a son. If you think that you are going to become a mature son without Yahweh disciplining you, when the word says, he, him who God loves, he disciplines, if you think you're not going to be disciplined by Yahweh and it's all going to be nice and lovely, let me just say something. I think that you're deceived. Yah, God is love, but with love comes many, many things. So he that loves me, so he that hates me loves death. I want to love the spirit of wisdom, not hate her, that I might actually love life. So if I love the spirit of wisdom, then I love life. But if I hate, if I hate her, then I love death. I think sometimes we read these and gloss over them because we don't have a reference point for some of the importance of what Yahweh is wanting, the fabric of what he's trying to bring to pass here. So she makes this, all these qualifications. She, as I said before in the very beginning, she kind of frames out who she is, how she got established, um, the processes that are with her, and then her connection with the Father, the whole placement of all, all of this, and then begins to qualify why it is necessary to build relationship with Yahweh. So all of this is found in just Proverbs 8, as we've done and, and, and covered over in the last um, eight and nine sessions now. And so I'm going to begin to pick up in, in chapter 9 now. It says this, wisdom. Now, this is not the... Um, the character trait of wisdom, although it can be. But it says this, Wisdom has has built her house, and she has hewn out her seven pillars. Now, I, I've often wondered how, if this was just a character trait, then I've got to build a house. Am I building a house to myself, or am I building it as a reflection of Yahweh? If it's a being, and her name is Wisdom, and she's built a house, it means that she's established a position within creation for the expression of who she is to find a way to connect with humanity so that humanity can as, and believers can begin to recognize the function that she carries from Yahweh. For someone to build a house means that there's an established process, established place of relationship. It means that there is a, a, a connectivity within creation, within believers' heart, within the life of a person to this being, when she can begin to establish a place of abode. A house isn't something, well, should not really be something that you just have, that you only go to once a year. A house is made to be lived in. A house is made to be occupied in. A house has doorways. A house has a functional part of a believer's life. And so if the spirit of wisdom has built a house, then she's built her house in the responses we have to her as a, as a corporate body, as a cluster body, as a individual and, and as a connected one within the body of our Father's house within heaven. So again, you have these these four faces that are, are operational within everything that goes on within Yahweh's house. And the most amazing thing is that you are sovereign enough to make these decisions for yourself, whether you want to do this or not. It's a choice you make. And then you're, you become the sum of all of your choices. Not the choices of others. You choose the way you respond to some of this stuff. And it says, she has built her house. She has hewn out her seven pillars. Now, many years ago, 
when I first began to engage with the seven spirits of Yahweh and began to have encounters with them um, over the last 38 years to bring me to a point where um, Yahweh could begin to engage with me to present me in some other arenas that are important with us and for us as believers going forward because all of creation is our inheritance, not just the earth, although earth is a fantastic starting point. Um, I, be, I, I did a teaching on the seven spirits of Yahweh and then I began to recognize that there were other beings that were also part of the father's household. Now, if we were to go into the book of Esther, you'll see that the king assigned to the to Esther, before she became queen, seven handmaidens, choice handmaidens of the household of the king that would train and be with her to bring her to a point where she could come into complete union with the father. Now, if we take and look at this from that aspect, it means that the, the spirit of wisdom has already around her seven pillars. These seven pillars establish the functional part of our father's household with us as believers here within creation. The, and I've done a separate specific teaching on these seven handmaidens of wisdom, who they are, their function, their role, their participation within the expression of the spirit of wisdom and our relational connection with her here within creation. Those seven beings are not, again, seven flows of the spirit of wisdom. They're seven sentient beings that Yahweh has instigated and put in place here in creation so that you and I would come into a reality of the expression of the spirit of wisdom and her complete function from within her house to the world that is around us and into the into creation, into the body of Yeshua, into the the into the believer's life, so that the expression of all of these seven handmaidens be also through real everything is based on relationship. We have to remember this. Everything is based on relationship. And it's it's this key that I want to leave you with here today with regards to the finishing of this this little podcast. It, it is it is a relationship. Everything is to do with building relationship with the spirit of wisdom and the seven handmaidens that are connected to wisdom to empower the expression of Yahweh to flow through your life so that the measure of the spirit of wisdom could be visibly seen in your function here in your connectivity with creation. This is Ian Clayton signing off the podcast with Wisdom's Echo by Origin Gate. Thank you very much.